Welcome in. It is Monday. Hope everybody had a great weekend. What's happening? Hope you're doing well. Mike Steely, Parker Thune. Yes, we are in the Buffalo Wild Wings studios today, although Parker was uh, out of town this weekend covering a big camp and a big time showing by Sooner commitment Michael Hawkins. Tell us all about it. MVP at the camp, huh? Yeah, that's right. Second straight year that Michael Hawkins won quarterback MVP at the Rivals camp down there in Dallas. So, uh, look, he... After the Elite 11 that he competed in last month, at which they kind of controversially or oddly didn't extend any Elite 11 finals invitations to any of the quarterbacks that were there and said, basically, you know, we'll contact you after the fact. We'll let you know whether you made it or not. It was a weird deal. But after that, uh, Mike and the Hawkins family basically said, hey, you know what? Whatever happens with the Elite 11 happens. Uh, We're going to go do this rivals camp, defend the crown, as it were, and then we'll see what happens from there. But this is one that I know Mike was really looking forward to, having taken home the QB MVP last year. And he he trotted onto the field about 9.30 in the morning yesterday and said, all right, two in a row, let's get it. And lo and behold, he went and did it. And you know, it's interesting, Steely. There were a lot of talented quarterbacks in attendance, a lot of guys with Power 5 offers, a lot of guys that are nationally ranked. The top two quarterbacks by a mile at the Rivals camp in Dallas were Michael Hawkins and Kevin Sperry. And that's not just me talking. That was the consensus among the group of rivals, national and regional analysts that were there. Michael Hawkins and Kevin Sperry stole the show at the quarterback position. And there was a driving wind that made it difficult for a lot of quarterbacks to push the ball downfield and maintain velocity. Those two did not struggle at all. Kevin Sperry, the uh, Sooner quarterback uh commitment in the 2025 class that happened within the last month or so and that's uh good news for Oklahoma fans as well where have you seen Michael Hawkins get better you've been watching this kid for a long time now uh where have you seen him get better over the past couple years I would say he's gotten better in just about every aspect of his game as you would expect for a guy that's now going into his senior year of high school he's steadily improved Never been a guy that's satisfied with the status quo and hasn't allowed himself to plateau. But I do think he has very much improved his consistency in terms of placing the ball because there was a point in time at which he'd just as easily make a throw that he dropped right in the breadbasket to his guy as a throw that ended up behind him or over the head or whatever. And so consistency was something that didn't necessarily plague Hawkins earlier in his high school career, but was definitely something in which there was room for improvement. And he has improved to the point where, man, especially in a camp environment like this, every single ball he throws is right where it needs to be. And I I can't help but wonder, after seeing him dominate yet another camp yesterday, Steely, I know there are national recruiting analysts and evaluators across the country that have been apprehensive about this guy and unwilling to elevate him to the upper echelon nationally when it comes to the quarterback position. And my question is, how many times does a kid have to show up and do something like that, do something like he did yesterday, before you start to consider the reality or the fact that maybe, just maybe, we misevaluated this dude. And maybe he's better than we've been giving him credit for. And Interesting because a lot of guys don't like to do that, right? Go back on their original uh, evaluation. Some people do, some people won't. But uh, I'm curious to know which 
recent Sooner quarterback would you compare him to the most? Is he like a poor man's Jalen Hurts? Is he going to run that much? No, no, no. Uh, is um, he going to run, you know, when he has the opportunity? Who would you compare him to? Not saying he's at the same ability level, but whose style would you compare him to of recent Sooner quarterbacks, Michael Hawkins? Man, I don't know if there is a great comparison necessarily. Um Honestly, the one that jumps to mind is probably, in terms of style and in terms of overall finesse and polish, I would say he is a poor man's Caleb Williams. Right? Because really? no, no one is Caleb Williams. No. But no. in terms of the way that Hawkins can sit back in the pocket and light you up and place the throws wherever they need to go or tuck the ball and hurt you with his legs and run away from everybody in the open field. That's what he, look, comparing anybody to Caleb Williams is an inexact science and fundamentally flawed because Caleb Williams is one of the best quarterbacks of the 21st century to this point in terms of his level of talent and the things that he can do on a football field that there's just nobody else that can. But Michael Hawkins has a lot of the same qualities as Caleb Williams. He just <laughs> – Caleb Williams just was one of those guys that you could tell he came out of the womb to be a elite quarterback who's going to have an outstanding career ahead of him at the professional level and make hundreds upon hundreds of millions of dollars as a professional. I don't know that Michael Hawkins has the it factor that Caleb Williams does and did. Um but I see a lot of the same qualities. In the yeah, way and you're plays. just saying style of play. I mean, Caleb Williams is a 10 out of 10 on that scale. Michael Hawkins might be, a, you know, a 6 right now. But we're just looking for what kind of style of play Sooner fans could look forward to out of Michael Hawkins down the road. Yeah, so listener in the 405 said faster Paul Thompson. I'd hear that. Frisco Sooner said my comp for Michael Hawkins is Robert Griffin III. What do you guys think? And the way that I've put it, and it's not really, you know, for people who don't watch a ton of football outside of OU games, maybe this doesn't mean much to them. But I've always kind of had the thought with Michael Hawkins, and I've reiterated this on the airwaves several times, but to me, the floor for him is Braxton Miller, mm -hmm. former Ohio State, three-year starter, and the ceiling is Robert Griffin III. I think Robert Griffin III is definitely, was definitely the type of player that Michael Hawkins can become, provided he is developed properly in the Oklahoma system. I like the 918. Parker, just compare Michael Hawkins to Davis Bevel, so the Knippelmeyer text line sets itself on fire to start off the week. That's pretty good, 918. You're the leader in the clubhouse right now. Hawkins is Jason White before Jason's injuries. That's coming from Landon. All right, interesting there. Yeah, that might be interesting. Okay, uh, let's hear from Michael Hawkins. This is what he said recently. Uh, why he decided to choose Oklahoma. The culture there is really good. Since Coach Venables got there, he's really changed the program around. I know they didn't have the season they wanted last year, but the culture there is really big. And then 
it's like a family there. Like the, like the um, coaches are really like close with the players, so I really like that. There you go. That is our Ortho Central clip of the day. Hearing from Michael Hawkins right there. Ortho Central with clinics in Norman and Midwest City for a long time now. And now that new Tri-City spot serving Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. They do a great job treating orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. Shout out to Ortho Central. And shout out to our uh, opening hour sponsor, the one and only Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Owned by a former great Sooner, very reliable in the clutch, was Tim Lasher as a kicker, and so is his company. If you need heating and air needs taken care of, they'll get it done for you. They're family-owned and operated. They've been in the Oklahoma City area now since 2007. You can call them up at 405-579-3113. That's 405-579-3113. So Michael Hawkins, the Dallas area Rivals Camp MVP again. Kevin Sperry. Now, how would you describe the way that Kevin Sperry, the Sooners' 2025 commitment, plays the position? Man, it's it's like, are you looking for a player comp, or what exactly are you looking player for? Player comp, there? whatever. You know, you're a wordsmith. You can put the words together. You can do it. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's something that hasn't been said before, but watching Kevin Sperry this past fall, long before he ever had the Oklahoma offer, to me, I think that's a guy that has a lot of the same qualities that Jackson Arnold has. And one thing I have said before about Kevin Sperry is that he is further along as a sophomore in high school than Jackson Arnold was at that age. Now, that is not to say he ends up being better than Jackson Arnold, because Arnold improved steadily year over year, month over month, week over week, for really the entirety of the time he was at Denton Geyer High. So don't hear me say that Kevin Sperry is going to be better than Jackson Arnold because I think it's too early to draw that conclusion. But what you do see in Sperry is a guy who, although he is not very tall, and while he might not have the prototypical size at the quarterback position, one thing he does have is an absolute laser cannon of an arm Excellent mobility. We're talking 4-6 in the 40-yard dash type of wheels for Kevin Sperry. He can move. And also a guy that just has a relentless work ethic and is exceedingly mature for his age. Now, especially after uh, watching Hawkins and Sperry side-by-side this weekend, Steely, I am very much of the opinion that OU is about to land the top quarterback out of the DFW Metroplex in three straight cycles when you look at Arnold, Hawkins, and Kevin Sperry. I truly think, and obviously it's not just about DFW, but I truly think that has the potential, if it isn't already, to be Oklahoma's biggest recruiting hotbed over the next few years. And boy, does it help to land the area's top quarterback year after year after year. And that's what Oklahoma's in line to do. Usually you think that's going to pay off for you, no doubt. All right, we're underway. Speaking of quarterbacks, Dylan Gabriel was on a uh, show recently and said he played average last year. We'll hear that sound when we get back. 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Sooner softball sweeps the weekend. Uh, West Virginia beat Oklahoma in baseball two out of three, but the Sooners had a great week still beating Dallas Baptist on the road and get one win over West Virginia. That uh, sweep of Texas was huge for Oklahoma, seven games left. Sitting in a pretty good spot right now if they play solid baseball down the stretch. We've got the NBA to talk about. We have Jesse Crittenden today at 135. We're just getting warmed up right here in the home of Sooner fans. The ref, here from Dylan Gabriel coming up next.
All right, welcome back. Monday, Monday, Monday. Can't trust that day. Unless you're here on the ref, the home of Sooner fans, Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you. Riverwind Casino, great opportunity today to win yourself some money in the 15K momentous occasions. From uh, now until May 13th, players are going to receive one entry for every five points on their uh, Riverwind wild card. Five times the entries available today, though, on this Monday. Then this coming Saturday, which is, of course, May 13th, drawings will be held every half hour between 6 and 11.30 p.m. Two winners are going to receive $500 in cash or $500 in bonus play each. And then just before midnight, two grand prize winners are going to be selected to receive $1,500 in cash or $1,500 in bonus play each. That is part of the 15K Momentous Occasions. Promotion happening at Riverwind as we all celebrate Mother's Day coming up this weekend. Go out there and win some money. Get those extra entries today, five times entries on your wild card today over at Riverwind. They just announced, uh, you know, the Showplace Theater is coming back. We've been telling you about all the great artists, bands, and uh, one comedian coming to the Showplace Theater to reopen the Showplace beginning June 23rd with Earth, Wind, and Fire. We also have Collective Soul, Josh Turner, the comedy of uh, Gabriel Iglesias on the way, Dwight Yoakam, The Counting Crows, REO Speedwagon, Chicago, and they just announced on Friday three new shows coming to the Showplace Theater. You can get those tickets now. Foreigner is coming on their Greatest Hits Tour. Rodney Carrington and Aaron Lewis also joining that already impressive lineup at the Showplace Theater. You can get your tickets online at riverwind.com, or if you're in the casino, just go to the Showplace Theater box office. They'll get you taken care of. A lot of great shows coming to the Showplace. Very excited about that. Yet another reason why Riverwind Casino is simply the best. All right, Dylan Gabriel was on a podcast, the uh, Next Up podcast, with Adam Brenneman, and uh, it was pretty interesting. Here's what Dylan Gabriel said on what it was like for him last year at 6-7. and seven. This is what he told Adam Brenneman. I thought you played pretty well last season. Whenever you're quarterback, like, and yeah. the team's not doing great, it's you'll always get flack and get heat. Yeah. That's just in the nature of the beast, right? You know, like, you had a, personally, I thought, a pretty good season. Like, did you feel that way? Like, obviously, the wins, that you didn't get the wins you wanted, but. Yeah. I think the the craziest thing is, like, there's five games, there's one possession games. Yeah, exactly. And there's five plays you want back in each in each mm-hmm. game. That could be the difference. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's kind of what I've took with me from that season. And you know, nobody want like nobody goes into a season like we're gonna you go six and seven. You know, like <laughs> yeah. Like nobody thought that, nobody pushed for that, no, that wasn't at all. But I would just say with how close we were you live on the right side of it. Mm-hmm. The conversation is totally different. And there's two games, you know, I end up, you know, being injured and sitting yeah. out for. But the five games I did play in, there's one possession games, and like I said, we got to live on the right side of it. Uh, for me, it was an average year, you know, because I know there's so much more that we left on the table. But I think, you know, you you take a perspective of of that, mm-hmm. you know that. There's so much growth that we can make, and I think that it was my focus going into yeah. going into spring. There you go, Dylan Gabriel talking about man. There's five plays you'd like to have back in each of those games. I don't th- think he's talking about his own plays. There are probably a couple in each game, but uh, yeah, that was the telltale thing that resulted in six and seven. 
there were just too many busts. There were too many opportunities where the Sooners had a chance to make a play and didn't make a play, and the other team did make a play. Go back to where it all started in that Kansas State game, right? You know, you've got uh, some big plays on uh, third or fourth down where a a pass is uh, off target. The Sooners don't make a play on defense. All of a sudden, your season starts going in the wrong direction. So they've got to get that taken care of play. Clearly more complimentary football. I don't think he was average last year. I, you know, I would say, I don't know, out of 10, I'd give him a 6-5 probably. I think he can be better than that. If Dylan Gabriel plays at an 8 this year and the defense gets better, guess what? Oklahoma's going to go probably 9-3 and three or better, you would think. So we'll see what it's like in the second year in that system. Interesting, he was also asked about what the morale was like on that team last year. You're Oklahoma. You're not accustomed to going 6-7, and seven, man. That's your worst record in 25 years. Here's what Dylan Gabriel said about uh, how the team morale went through the season. It's tough. I've, I've never had a season like that probably in my, my whole lifetime, mm-hmm. and at least playing sports. And uh, it's hard because you, you build up hope throughout the season, you know, and you, you win a game and you're building, mm-hmm. you know, building off that, and then you lose a close one. Yeah. And it's like, it's a tough feeling, but the guys stuck together. That's, that was probably the also most difficult part is you got someone you believe in. You, know, you got great coaches in the facility. You got great people that want to see us succeed, and it's like when you have that, it's difficult because it's like yeah. if it was the other way around, nobody would care, and it's like yeah. you know you're all fending for yourself, but everyone's sticking together and kind of like you know ran this thing out together, which was you know tough to see. There you go. And uh, you were in the locker room a lot last year, clearly after games, and you know you've been around spring practice. Have you seen any? negativity any decline in morale looks to me like the roster and look you're gonna have transfers every year bottom line it's gonna happen in this day and age of college football not everybody's gonna be happy everybody's looking for the next opportunity but overall I get a sense that there's still a lot of belief over there there's been growth and I think that has to do with the intensity of the coaching staff and the consistency of the message that they've preached and also the reality that after one year under Venables, you don't just have guys who are bought in verbally. By necessity, you have guys in that locker room that are all the way bought in and that believe in what Venables is doing and that have a team-oriented mindset as opposed to an individually-oriented mindset because it'd be real easy for a bunch of guys to give lip service to what Venables was preaching and not actually buy in and not actually realign their expectations and their efforts towards a successful football season for Oklahoma as a team. But you saw a lot of those guys get weeded out this past winter. You saw a lot of those guys that were just talking the talk and not necessarily walking the walk get sent to the transfer portal. Well, now after spring ball, I would say the overwhelming majority, if not all of those guys are off this roster. And you have it chock full of dudes that actually want to be at Oklahoma, want to play for Brent Venables, want to be great, and want to be part of a championship program. Yeah, and uh, I'm sensing that as well. And again, you know, I think part of what happened last year is you still think, well, man, it's Oklahoma. All right, Caleb Williams is gone. And, uh, yeah, the offensive guru's out of here, but they weren't playing any defense. Brent Venables can take even these average defensive players in this roster and make them great. Well, he's not Harry Potter. You know, he's a really good defensive mind and for years was the number one D.C. in college football. 
and it's going to take some time. But I think we all kind of thought, well, you know, it's Oklahoma's birthright to win at least nine games a year. I mean, there's no way. Nobody envisioned six and seven. But uh, there's some growing pains in this deal. And, again, that's why this season, again, we've talked about, this is one of the most important years in the history of Oklahoma football. And, yes, you can go back to all those national championship seasons and all the Sooner Magic victories and think about how big some years were in comparison to others. But this one in terms of where the program is right now, where the program's headed conference-wise and how the competition is going to be vastly upgraded, you need to get some momentum going into the SEC. So this uh, this is a schedule, though, that I think gives the Sooners an opportunity to go out and win at least nine and they should finish. They should win 10 games. You're throwing a bowl game this year. Easily. You've got a chance, a really good chance to win 10 games. And that should push that momentum forward again. That's what you need. You can't have, I don't know, like I said, they go 8-5 and five or something. Yeah. It's not the disaster that was last year, but again, it's not good. But that's why the schedule looks like it, it suits Oklahoma very well. Can you imagine if they were playing Georgia, if that game was still on the schedule? That would not be a win. That I would, be, I would that just would come out and say it. That would be challenging. Very challenging. I don't know how hot of a take that is, but I would not pick Oklahoma <laughs> in that football game. All right. Uh, the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line always available to you guys and you ladies. 405-651-3439. Uh, 651-3439. All right. We got a lot to talk about. You guys are heating up the text line. Let's take a break right here. Get to as many texts as we can. We do have Jesse Crittenden coming up. OU Insider. Rivals Network. The recruiting wars. A week has passed, and it looks like a peace treaty has been signed. Was Henry Kissinger involved? I'm not sure. Maybe. No, he's. I don't think he's around anymore. Stay with us. We're coming right back here on The Ref. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. Mike Steely along with Parker Thune. It is Monday, 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 Monday. Can the weekend get here? You only had a one-day weekend, but you're a working man. At least you got a Bucky's stop in. Uh, again, yeah, I had, right? a, I had a zero-day weekend. Now it was all wait, a Saturday, all a Sunday. What is this uh, fantastic ice cream that you were showing? Oh off? man, let me tell you, <laughs> I I haven't done any background research on this chain. I believe it's a chain, so I don't know a whole lot about it. But it's called Handles, mm-hmm. as in George Frederick Handel. Right. Okay. Steely, that's some of the best ice cream I've ever had in my life. Maybe the best. Now, what flavor did you get? I went with black raspberry chocolate chunk. That sounds pretty good. In a waffle cone. Because if you're going to get ice cream, you got to get it in a waffle cone. The waffle cone is the best cone. That's what I'm saying, man. The other cone is, uh, you know, a one star. The waffle cone is a five star. Just as the bacon, egg, and cheese is the king of breakfast sandwiches, the waffle cone is the king of ice cream service vessels. There you go. All right, so Bucky stopped. You know what happened this weekend? It made me very angry. What's that? We uh, okay. So our old refrigerator went out. Oh, uh, that's no good. It's been about it's been about a month ago. So we bought a brand new fridge to match all the silver shininess in the kitchen. We got this. I forgot if Shay's listening, she'll text me. But I forgot what brand we bought. So we brought this fridge in, and guess what? Didn't work. Brand new fridge did not work. 
Now, this has been a couple weeks, so we get another fridge. Someone tells us, get a Samsung. They're really good. So, okay. I don't know anything about refrigerators, certainly refrigerator repair. All I know is when you bend down, your ass crack shows if you're a (laughs) refrigerator repairman. That's part of the job that your ass crack must show at some point. It's part of the description. Or or plumbing. Yeah, wait a minute. All right, you got a set of tools? All right, let's see you bend down. (laughs) Yep, that's a pretty good, that's a plumber's ass crack right there. Or refrigerator repairman. That's part of the deal. All right, so uh, so anyway... uh, so we order the Samsung. It's working fine for a couple weeks, making the ice. Everything's nice and cool. Looks really good and everything. Yesterday, Shay opens the door. Lights are out. It's not working. A second brand freaking new refrigerator is not working. Have you considered that it might be an issue that is not directly related to the refrigerator? Like wiring or something? I, or- look. I don't claim to be an expert on home improvement. My dad sure is. Mm -hmm. If he's listening, maybe he'll text me with his insights on what it could be. Whatever the opposite of home improvement guy is, that's me. (laughs) The guy that destroys things rather than fixes them. But maybe, I don't know. You know, I'll tell you what the problem is. What's the problem? The old school refrigerator was solid. You put a old school, you know, not all this Oh, fancy, did you get a smart refrigerator? Yeah, it's not all this Wi-Fi. And guess what? You can put your Instagram on it or whatever. Who cares? Don't tell me you actually had Wi-Fi in your refrigerator. I think it's there's some Wi-Fi. Shay's like, I can control it from my phone. Okay, I'm like, uh, yeah, see. Now, you're doing too much at this point, Steely. I want Just buy you know, give a me refrigerator with two doors. That's all you need. I don't need all the fancy schmancy freaking, you know, you don't need to be Bluetooth. able to hear, you know, your... your Spotify playlist on the refrigerator. Keep the beverages cold. The lunch meat from spoiling. Do your job. Know your role, as The Rock said. That's what the fridge needs do to do. Do your job, as That's Bill right. Belichick says. That's exactly right. So I'm very angry about the fridge situation. Uh, so we had to move it out to the uh, – I had to – Steely, check the kitchen GFCI outlet. What is that? Get the <laughs> – <laughs> What's the GFCI outlets? Electrician. Call the electrician. All right. Apparently, there is a coalition against Samsung on the text line. Everybody's saying, Samsung sucks. I know. It does. You know what? Good old solid frigid air or something. You know, something like that. Made in America, by all. That's what we're doing next fridge purchase. Get an electrician is what people are saying. Shay, if you're listening. Yeah, it's very disappointing. I don't know. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? I can't understand it. Being an electrician has to be a harrowing occupation, doesn't it? Oh, I'd be dead. Because you're constantly dealing with stuff that is that close to ending your life. Like electricity, yes. See, I would be, if I would be, if I would have been an electrician, I would have been dead by now. No doubt. First couple months on the job, and an ambulance is on the way. And Oklahoma would have been deprived of a regional radio legend. Well, maybe. Um... We would have been deprived <laughs> of the greatest rendition of the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald in history. You got to admit, you listened to that song this weekend, didn't you? 
Yes, I did. You did. I knew you would. Because it's a great song. It is is a great song. I'm telling you, when I heard that as a kid, it was the most haunting, memorable song. It wasn't like number one on my playlist. And, of course, your playlist consisted of your 45 player, your stereo, or your 8-track machine. But I always remember, oh, my gosh, those poor people on the Edmund Fitzgerald, 29. Lost Souls on the Edmund Fitzgerald. But it is a really good, it's a haunting tune for sure. Okay, 405-651-3439. Let's get to the text line. Nobody cares about my refrigerator. They just Uh, don't care. From the 405, GFCI is the outlet with the push button thingy. It's easy to replace. Great. Just got to look for the outlet with the push button thingy. GFCI. We did check check the breaker box. Why do you got to call me a moron? That's one of the first we, first things we just see. That's the problem with we live in a society today where it's not civil. That's believe it or not, I'm an idiot, but I'm not that big of an idiot. I even suggested, yeah, let's try to turn the breaker off and on, see if it's off. You know, check that. So anyway. Drew from Flower Mound says, Mule Shoe eats his ice cream in a cup. No, he doesn't even do that. Mule Shoe exclusively consumes milkshakes. No, well, that, and he's also fed ice cream by Clark Stroud, I think, is what he needs to do. Mule Shoe prefers to suck his ice cream. Uh, from the 214, Steely needs to listen to Brian Burns' cover of The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. GFCI is ground fault circuit interrupter, and you should never put a refrigerator on one. If they trip, your refrigerator will not work. Hmm. Here we go. We have electrical experts on the text line. GFCI. We've got got experts on everything on the NIP. Now, we also have plenty of buffoons that think they're experts. Oh, I've been involved in buffoonery before, believe me. A lot of it. <laughs> what Heath Ozide is to chairs, Steely is to refrigerators. <laughs> I'm like, what's that guy going to call me a moron? I mean, Jays. I mean, I am in most cases, but I did at least know about the breaker. I'm going to text Shay. GFCI, electrician. Uh, see, everybody's mentioning that. See, these the rep army will come to your aid in a time of need. Yes, they will. If ever I have problems, Steely, I just talk about them on the radio. And then I've got 30 solutions or 30 things to check out on the Air Comfort Solutions text line within minutes. If I ever don't know what I'm doing, if I ever need insight on what brand to purchase of a specific piece of equipment, the nip got me covered. (laughs) We're going to nip it in the bud. That's what we're going to do. On the topic of football. Santa John asks, I presume there is no updated info on Jordan Tyson, correct? Yeah, we're just kind of waiting that one out. Still looking good for Oklahoma, though, Still right? looking good to Oklahoma, uh, for Oklahoma, to the best of my knowledge. Uh, obviously, his best relationships are with the Hawkins family when it comes to peer-to-peer connections with Oklahoma and Arizona State. So, hanging around the Hawkins this past weekend, uh, they were very adamant that Jordan Tyson is still going to end up in Oklahoma despite the visit to Arizona State. So they feel good about it, and if they feel good about it, Steely, I'll take their word for it as well as anybody's because uh, Mike Hawkins Sr. has been training Jordan Tyson since he was just a tyke. 
If your outlet has a reset button, that's GFI. All right, I'm trying to find out uh, exactly what's going on. I've just texted Shay, the ground fault circuit interrupter. Ah, there we go. It's the ground fault circuit interrupter. That's what I was thinking. 588 says, that guy who called you a moron is a moron. Well, you know, he's probably not a moron, but, you know, we need to be more careful. Uh, like, I'm going to stop calling people More civil. I'm going to try and stop doing that, you know. You're going to try. I'm going to try my very best, yes. But, yeah, it's just like, really, a second refrigerator? You know, that's the first one we got, uh, 405, was the LG. That's the brand that we got first, and the LG went out. So maybe it is the G, the ground fault circuit interrupter. That's what David Stone needs to be when he gets to the GFCI, the ground game, the ground fault circuit interrupter up front for OU. Gunny, I might do that. Don't, or Gunner. I thought it was Gunny. It's Gunner from Grove. Steely, just stick a fork in the outlet. That should reset it. From the 405, based on unconfirmed internet reports, Mule Shoe once tried to milk a bull in East Norman. Really? I wonder if he went cow tipping or something and ended up trying to... Wait a minute, you can't milk. Okay. <laughs> there it is. My bad, yeah. There it is. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Took a second. <laughs> I'm on dial-up internet. I've told you guys that I'm on dial-up internet. Are you sure, says Soonerco Wetzel, sure it wasn't the ghost of Gordon Lightfoot coming to haunt you because you did the song better? Now, that's that's very possible. Gordon Lightfoot might have thought, really? This guy? Man, that is really, really, really bad. Maybe he's probably mad because it was a horrible rendition, but thank you guys for saying it was average at least. All right, break time right here. More texts on the way, 405-651-3439. Sooner softball, what a weekend. What an unbelievable weekend it was. How about that comeback Saturday? Oklahoma State was celebrating. You don't celebrate against Patty Gasso and company. Big mistake. I mean, come on. You don't do that. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Hi, are you an old? Are you becoming an old on your way to becoming an old? If you want to eliminate reading glasses, if you're over 40, like me, way past 40 for me, you're either farsighted or nearsighted, you need to call my friend, great guy, Dr. Bellardo. I've known him for years and years, totally trust him. Had my eyes done there about 20 years ago, and they have been uh, doing great. I do need to get a little bit of a correction, but uh, that's only because I'm old and my blood sugar is uh, fluctuating a little bit. But... Uh, it'll be an easy process. I'm going back to see Dr. B, and for 20-plus years, did a great, great, great job. Now, just a little bit of a tune-up. Check him out, see if you qualify for lens replacement or cataract surgery. From the experts at Advanced Laser and Cataract Center, Dr. Bellardo and his team have been the leaders in vision correction for over 20 years now. Call him up today, 405-755-7700 for your free cons- uh, consultation from Dr. Bellardo, or you can just go to alcok.com. Like they always say, if you want to see far and you want to see near, you have to come here to the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. 405-651-3439 on the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's close out with as many texts as we can get in. Jesse Critton, the next hour on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. 
Brazilian Sooner says appliances used to last 15 to 20 years. Those days are over, just like many commitments don't last anymore. Well, there's your cynical recruiting take on uh, for the day from Brazilian Sooner. From the 405, Joseph Jonah Jonier said that the Georgia offer made his month and Georgia is his dream school. But he's also got OU scheduled as his last visit. What say you, Parker? I say the odds are very, very good that Joseph Jonah Jonier ends up in Oklahoma sooner. Uh, LG refrigerators suck as bad as Samsung by American. I guess, by God, that's what I'm going to have to do. So, anyway. From the 580, plug a lamp or radio that you know for sure works into the same receptacle as the fridge. If it works, then it's your fridge. If it doesn't work... Then it's an electrical problem. Hmm. Clever. 580, there you go. There you go. Colin KC says, that guy who called you a moron was Mule Shoe. He's a sack of feces. Yes, Mule Shoe is a big sack of feces. I agree. <laughs> Santa John says, this is interesting, and then linked us to the Wikipedia page on the Edmund Fitzgerald. I'm telling you, Steely, when, you, when we look back, on the seminal moments of your radio career when you're inducted into the Oklahoma Radio <laughs> Hall of Fame, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald will be no lower than number five. So would that be my walk-up music if I ever get to take this it stage there? It has to be. It has to be. That should be it? Have you ever done any other karaoke acts on the radio? Uh, I believe that's it. At least I didn't get booed. I may have been booed you know, out there in Radio Land, but at least it wasn't a live rendition. I, I think the audience was very upset because it was – Nearly seven minutes long that night. That ill-fated night when the Boobirds came out. Okay, 405-651-3439. Let's go. 588 says, milking bulls is more culturally accepted in California. <laughs> Explains a lot. Ugh. I'm going to have to sift through all these refrigerator texts to get, some, to get to some football-related questions. Gosh, everybody! Like, there are so many refrigerator texts to scroll through. Here you go. Lloyd from El Reno says, Nigel Smith listed a top eight. Yes. Yes, he did. And for the moment, Nigel Smith is planning on taking just five official visits. Those OVs will be with Oklahoma, Penn State, Ohio State, Texas. And you want to guess what the fifth school is, Steely? <sighs> Georgia. Rutgers. Rutgers? What? That's Mr. Magoo's alma mater. Why would you go to <laughs> Rutgers? I guess he's got a bunch of family up there or something. But, yeah, Rutgers. Rutgers is getting an official visit from Nigel Smith. But right now, that seems like an OU-Ohio State battle. Ohio we, State's trying real hard. Was Nigel Smith there this you weekend? He was not there, but I went by Melissa to okay, see him Okay, anyway. I thought you did see him. So, did you get a chance to visit with him and – I did. All that stuff. And uh, yeah, any insight there? Still decent well, chance for OU? Kind of what I just mentioned. He's got those five official visits set. He's planning on committing in early September. And it looks like OU and Ohio State are the tools that are best positioned to land his pledge. I still feel very good about Oklahoma. Uh, if you read some of the VIP content over on OUinsider.com today, I basically I chatted with Michael Hawkins after the camp yesterday and he broke down where he feels Oklahoma stands with six of OU's top blue-chip targets that he regularly communicates with. One of those was Nigel Smith. 
And suffice it to say, Michael Hawkins very much believes that Nigel Smith is going to end up in an Oklahoma uniform as well. So things are trending nicely there. OVs can always change things. But right now, OU, as they have for the last year or so, definitely has a leg up for Nigel Smith. Okay. Uh, Williams, Winery, David Stone, what's going on there? Anything? Probably still crickets, but what are you thinking? On Will Nuaneri, he's got his official visit set as well. Right. Uh, check that. Check out the piece on OUinsider.com that I just posted not much more than an hour ago on Will Nuaneri if you want all the details there. But OU and Tennessee are kind of the two schools that have separated themselves from the pack at this point. The Tennessee buzz is real, but OU is where Nuaneri has the strongest relationships, and I'm inclined to believe that that's the type of kid with whom – relationships are going to win out in the end. Parker, two questions. This comes from the 214. I haven't heard you mention Zadavian Sims in a while. Is Oklahoma still in the running from our home state defensive stud? And what about five-star Colin Simmons out of Duncanville? Does OU have a shot with that kid? On Colin Simmons, no, they do not have a shot with him. On Zadavian Sims, yes, Oklahoma is still in the running. In fact, my colleague Brandon Drum put in a future cast for Oklahoma for Zadavian Sims last week, so... There is that, but Oregon is going to be the school that OU has to overcome down the stretch. Oregon has made a very effective push for Zadavian Sims, gotten him on campus twice in the last couple of months, and are on the fast track to get an OV and pulling even with Oklahoma in the race for the Durant defensive line. Down there in Durant, and Ryan. That's where Dennis Rodman played back in the day. Southeastern Savages. Way back when. Okay, uh, got to get out of here for hour number one. We want to thank uh, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. Next hour, Jesse Crittenden joins us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline, 405-329-9000. You guys, thank you for all the texts the suggestions. See, when it comes to, like, home improvement stuff, you are dealing with an absolute idiot. So I appreciate all your suggestions. You've set us on the right path. All right. Also, thank you to our friends at Riverwind Casino, of course. We are coming right back. Hour number two on the way. We'll start talking Sooner softball coming up. Right here in the Buffalo Wild Wings studio. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you. Monday edition. Steelman and Thune here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. Hope everybody had a great weekend. 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Check out their inventory at knippelmeyer.com. All right, Sooner softball over the weekend. They pull off the sweep in Stillwater at Oklahoma State. They beat Oklahoma State 8-3 on Friday behind Jordy Ball. Beat the Cowgirls 4-2. Incredible comeback. Rally in the seventh by Oklahoma behind uh, Nicole May and uh, Kirsten Deal. And then Sunday behind Alex DiRocco. Beat the Cowgirls by a final of 5-1. So the Sooner women now, of course, number one in the country, 49-1. They've won 41 straight. 18-0, they go through the Big 12 Conference. 47 is the record held by Arizona for consecutive victories in softball. And uh, the Sooner women are expected uh, to break that. Alex Storacco, 1,000 strikeouts, got that done over the weekend. But let's talk about, again, Saturday. Uh, the Cowgirls, you know, had, uh, had pretty good control of that game. And then the seventh inning came along. 
And uh, here come the Sooners. They get it done. They went 4-2. to two. The go-ahead hit provided by one of the Sooners' trio of Player of the Year candidates, T.R.A. Jennings. It's T.R.A. and uh, Jada Coleman and uh, Jordy Ball, the uh, three Player of the Year candidates, National Player of the Year candidates for Oklahoma. So the Sooners win, sweep the series from the Cowgirls. Patty Gasso was asked how her team – remember the Texas comebacks, some of the others they've had this year. How does her team manage all these incredible comebacks? I guess I would say – like. It- they will not be denied. They will not be denied. And they believe. They believe in each other. They will not be denied. They're unafraid. They're unafraid of losing. And that's a big deal. They're, they're not going up there going, oh my gosh, we're in the seventh. Oh my gosh, if we don't score, we're going to lose. No one's saying that. They're like, we got three outs. Let's get the lead off on. They're doing everything right. They're saying everything right. So it's that, that great ability to be unafraid of losing or results. There you go. And the Sooner women again uh, will next be in action on Friday against either. Well, it's uh, Baylor or Iowa State. Baylor the four seed, Iowa State the five seed. They will begin play Thursday at Hall of Fame Stadium in the Big 12 uh, tournament. Thursday again at noon. And the Sooner women uh, will play at Friday uh, at 1 o'clock at Hall of Fame Stadium against the winner of Baylor and Iowa State. The other half of the bracket, uh, second-seeded Texas taking on seventh-seeded Texas Tech. Cowgirls are seeded third. They will play sixth-seeded Kansas coming up Thursday night. The uh, finale, the uh, championship will begin this Saturday at 2 o'clock on ESPN2. You know, it's amazing. We've thrown out just about every single superlative that you can think of for Oklahoma softball. But and I was interested because Eric Bailey's piece on Patty Gasso was a just a tremendous uh, piece by Eric. You knew it would be. He talked about this was going to be the longest uh, you know story that he's ever written profile on Patty Gasso, what she means to uh, the state and the program and all of that stuff. It was tremendous. Really, really good stuff. If you haven't picked that up or read it, uh, search it online. Eric Bailey's uh, piece in the Tulsa World on Sunday on Patty Gasso was just tremendous. But it was interesting that Patty talked about she's still having fun. She still loves what she's doing, but there's a lot more pressure because their standard, Parker, is as high as it can get. I mean, when your standard is it's a disappointing season, well, not maybe season, but we'll be somewhat disappointed with anything less than a national championship. That's the ceiling. That's as high as you can get right there, right? And there's going to be a year coming up where Oklahoma doesn't win it. I don't think it's going to be this year. I don't see anybody beating Oklahoma twice. But that is, uh, you know, when she talks about she doesn't want to let down Oklahoma fans because the standard, again, it's, it's like setting the world record in the pole vaults and having to go over that, you know, every single time you take the field. So there is some pressure involved, even though they are clearly the most talented and best team in the country. They really don't have a weakness. But it was interesting to see her talk about loving her job but not wanting to let down the Oklahoma fans because that standard is, like I said, as high as you can get. It's kind of like uh, Bama and Georgia. SEC championship, okay, that's fine. We want the natty, right? And I think for the OU uh, softball team right now, and it's kind of the same with the (laughs) women's gymnastics team, you know, K.J. Kindler's done such a great job, too. But uh, they're just amazing. 
Absolutely amazing. This is their fourth winning streak of at least 40 games in the last five seasons. Yeah, and one of their schools done that in Arizona, <laughs> and that's the one that has the record. Ironically, how about that record being 47? Ring a bell, Bud Wilkinson, right, back in the day? How about Oklahoma beating that record, winning the national championship? Uh, and I believe, you know, it could be – I'd have to look at the math on that, but it would probably come in the Super Regional. Um but just everything has been amazing for Sooner Women's Softball. And I thought Oklahoma State looked like the Cowgirls celebrated, you know, once they got up two to nothing, like, oh my gosh, this is going to happen. And it didn't happen. Do you think Jordy Ball dropped the ball, or not Jordy Ball, Jada, Jada Coleman. Coleman dropped the ball on purpose? You know, I from what I heard, she said she didn't. But. You know what? If she did, it was a very smart play. Jada Coleman's pretty sure-handed out there, but she makes a lot of fanatically crazy, oh, my gosh, I can't believe she caught that grabs out there in the outfield, right? So maybe this one was just too easy, but it worked out well for Oklahoma. Let me ask you, what do you think is more impressive, winning 47 straight in football or winning 47 straight in softball? Softball. Really? Yeah, because I think you can go up against a hot pitcher – you know, and that's where, again, do I think this Oklahoma team's going to win the Natty? I do. But, again, you go up against a hot pitcher that kind of, you know, is in a groove, then it's, it can get difficult. But I would say softball. What do you guys think? 405-651-3439. What do you think, Parker? I'm kind of torn because, on the one hand, a softball season is, what, 60-plus games? So – Realistically, you can eclipse that 47-game mark in the span of a single season. Football, you have to have prolonged dominance over a span of several years to string together a streak of that duration. But by the same token, kind of what you said, it's so much easier, I think, to just trip up once along the way and with everything that – all the additional factors that come into play on the gridiron that just don't exist – on the diamond you brought up the example of a great pitcher right that's really all it takes in some cases to lift a team to victory is one pitcher who's just untouchable on a given day well and if you take the schedule into account 512 says football and it's not close maybe it's more you know difficult i would i would lean football because but in terms of losing a streak i i think there's so much and look a great quarterback can do that to you in football but there's so many more athletes um you know yeah i agree i think the schedule is the main thing but it, it doesn't seem like still if you get a red hot pitcher kind of like a goalie in the nhl or the nhl playoffs you know you can a goalie can take you all the way to the stanley cup so anyway uh dan in madison mississippi says softball the expectation every weekend is win two out of three well, both streaks are incredible, no doubt about it. Football is tougher now because of the playoff system. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would say now, yes. I think just because of carrying it out, because to win 47, you've got to do it. Back in Bud's day, that would have compromised four-plus seasons, I believe, because I think you may have had 10 regular season games and then a bowl game. If I'm not mistaken, you didn't have a conference championship game. But uh, Douglas Miles chiming in, Oklahoma – 
will break the consecutive wins record by going undefeated through the Big 12 tournament, regional, and super regional. It would enter the World Series as a new record holder. There you go. So what happens if they lose? So they lose, let's say, one game in the super regional or something. Then we, they would just have to win one of the World Series. And that would be interesting. But it's going to be uh, – I, I just don't see anybody – you know, taking down Oklahoma. It's amazing. Again, and I'm sure those girls, just like Patty said, thought, you know what? All right, I don't care if we're down to our last out. We're going to find a way. We are going to find a way. And Oklahoma State's good. Oklahoma State's good. I know they haven't played great down the stretch, but uh, what's going on with Kelly Maxwell? She's not pitching like normal. Yeah, I thought she struggled. Number one, the lineup that she faced, clearly. But... Um, Oklahoma State still played a really good uh, non-con, and they're going to be – they'll be a factor. So, anyway. All right, 405-651-3439, 405. I'll have some of what a Steely is smoking its football for sure. Maybe, I guess because if you carry it out over seasons, you guys are probably right on that. My thought initially was, well, losing a game in softball to me is easier because, again – one person controls the game more than even the quarterback does in football, in my opinion. So you run into a red-hot pitcher again, and uh, you can have you can have issues there. So anyway, okay. Uh, so the Sooner women again will play at one o'clock against the winner of Baylor and Iowa State in the Big Twelve softball tournament at Hall of Fame Stadium. The uh, baseball team again lost two of three to West Virginia. It was crazy. They played that game on Sunday. They definitely should have played the doubleheader on Saturday, but they did not. They will play at Gonzaga. Gonzaga, you know, it's not Mark Few in the basketball program. They are struggling, but they'll be in Spokane, Washington, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Is Spokane, Washington one of the most mispronounced city names out there? I would have to think so. They'll be over in Spokane this weekend. You ever been to uh, Spokane, Washington? You ever been to the state of Washington? I've, I've never been to the state of Washington. It's one of the few that I have not been to. The furthest uh, is San Francisco. Is that the Pacific Northwest? No. That's as far as I've been. So you got to get into Oregon and Washington up in that region. Yeah, once you get to Oregon and or Idaho. I, like the, the three states in my mind that make up the Pacific Northwest are Washington, Oregon, Idaho. That's what I think of as the mm. Pacific Northwest. Idaho has Boise, which is still a nightmare. I don't know that would I want to go to Idaho. A lot of potatoes there, clearly. Snake River Canyon, Evil Knievel tried to jump Snake River in his little uh, motorcycle rocket or whatever it was, and he failed. So I have uh, I have problems with the state of Idaho. Boise State, Evil Knievel's failed jump. Still haunt me to this day. Okay, 405-651-3439. We do have Jesse Crittenden coming up at uh, 135. We'll get his take on Sooner softball, a little Sooner uh, football as well. 405-651-3439. Vision Quest takes place in Spokane. Loudon Swain against Brian Schutz and Linda Fiorentino. And the Journey soundtrack and Lunatic Fringe. Yes, Vision Quest is a classic. We're coming right back.
All right, welcome back. Jesse Crittenden will join us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline coming up here in a little bit. Next segment, Riverwind, get out there today. You can get extra entries in a big promotion that's happening, and it will uh, wrap up coming up on uh, Saturday night, the 15K Momentous Occasions promotion. It is Mother's Day this weekend, thus the momentous occasions, obviously. But get out there today and play with your wild card. Usually you're going to receive one entry for every five points in your wild card. But on this Monday, May 8th, you get five times the entries available until midnight tonight. So get out there, play with your wild card, rack up those extra entries, and then be out there on Saturday night. Drawings will be held every 30 minutes beginning at 6 p.m. to 11.30 p.m. where two winners will receive $500 in cash or... $500 in bonus play each. And then just before midnight, a couple of grand prize winners will be selected to receive $1,500 in cash or $1,500 in bonus play each out at Riverwind this Saturday night. It is the 15K Momentous Occasions giveaway. And again, if you get out, play with your wild card, you are going to get five times the entries again today up until midnight Uh, So get the extra entries. Have a greater chance to hear your name called and win big Saturday night at Riverwind. Another reason why Riverwind Casino is simply the best. Uh, I just got from a friend of mine, do you remember the laundry scene in Vision Quest? Yes, um, I do. It was somewhat, well, it was very creepy because uh, Loudon Swain he got caught uh, sniffing her underbridges in the laundry. Mm-hmm. Linda Fiorentino, or whatever her name was, caught him. That was not cool. You've never been caught sniffing somebody else's underbridges, have you, Parker? I can't say that I have. That's good, because criminologists will tell you nine out of ten times that leads to serial killing. And we do not want to see you in a prison jumpsuit being interviewed by Keith Morrison on Dateline. So stay away. I would say of all the people in society, you would be in the lowest percentile of participating in that kind of activity. Gee, I, I'd hope so. Yes. No, that was a scene of the, in, the, in the movie. So, anyway. I so, really how you doing? I where to go from there. I know. It's uh, complete silence. By the way, Sean on the text line pointed out that I am an idiot without calling me an idiot. But, Sean, you're right. If they lose one in the Super Regional, it would end the win streak. Oh, yeah, that's right. I said, well, if they lost <laughs> I'm Did telling you, you, just let me tell I you. I lost right over that, just, so just, I'm an idiot too. Just let me tell you something, people, okay? All right. The old stuff is not fun. I'm going to tell you the old stuff is not fun. Now, when do you officially go over the hill? these days what would you say officially over the hill is well i'll tell you steely you're far from the oldest or most senile radio host in this market so i'd I'd say you still got plenty of years ahead of you You think so august 18th i'll be 60 man and that officially i think you go to the top of the hill and then you start going down the other side officially over the hill so anyway i don't know but thank you for saying that but i do have senile moments every now and then they're kind of frustrating but like I said, occasionally, most of the time, I'm wired in Ethernet-wise on my brain, but occasionally, it's dial-up here and there. Okay, 405. Uh, regarding your reference to Henry Kissinger, he's still alive and 99 years old. Really? Wow. How about that? 
How about that? Did you all speak about Nigel Smith's top eight announcement? We did. You want to go over that one more time? Yeah, he's taking official visits in the month of June to Penn State, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Texas, and Rutgers. So that's kind of your unofficial top five there. Mm-hmm. Rutgers is the official state school of New Jersey. What does that even mean? I don't know. Like It should be just New Jersey University. The New Jersey Sopranos. Instead of the Scarlet Knights. That would be a lot cooler. Are there What other universities are there in New Jersey? There's St. Peter's. Isn't mm. Seton Hall in New Jersey? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, what else? Who else? Heck, I don't know. <laughs> Jay Princeton. Princeton's in New Jersey. <laughs> Jay from Adil. Oh, man. Hey, it was the texter who brought that up on the phone. I just remembered that scene. Is his visit the uh, Champion Barbecue? Yes. So okay. his official visit to OU will happen at the Champion Barbecue. The vast majority of Oklahoma's top targets are going to be taking their OBs <laughs> that weekend. Doug and Norman's cracking me up. I like it, Doug. Doug <laughs> says 65 is the magic age. I went over the hill a long time ago. Now I'm on a bobsled to hell. I can hear the ACDC refining that tune. Bobsled to hell. No stop sign, speed limit. Nobody's going to slow me down. I'm on a bobsled. Okay. Good, Doug. I like <laughs> From the it. the 405, are we still recruiting that quarterback out of Pennsylvania? If so, does that, does that mess up things with Michael Hawkins? Uh, Michael Hawkins is going to sign with Oklahoma. Barring utter catastrophe, I'm not sure you could pry that kid away from Oklahoma Certainly not pry his family away from Oklahoma if you tried for months upon months relentlessly. I was talking to his dad yesterday at the Rivals camp, Steely, and one of the things that Mike Sr. said to me was, man, I I feel so blessed that Mike, pick, Mike picked Oklahoma. I was fine with whatever his decision was, but for it to be my alma mater, the school that I played for, it's just different. He said, I'm probably going to cry when my kid runs onto that field for the first time. And with Malik Hawkins in all likelihood following suit and committing to Oklahoma to play with his older brother, the Hawkins family is going to be a staple in the OU football program for years to come. There you go. Hey, Teddy says 69 is the perfect age. Yes, that's what I hear. I mean, Teddy is obsessed with that number. He even intentionally bowled a 69. Did he really? Oh, yeah. Did he pull it off? He did. That's pretty impressive, honestly. And he had to throw it. I think he had to hit one pin. He was at 68, and he pulled it off. That's an athlete right there. One pin, and he got the right back pin, and boom. That was it. From the 949, William Shatner is still taking missions in space at 92. Yeah, I don't think uh, I, I don't think I'll get in the range of 92 would be my guess, since I'm falling asleep on the couch about 915. Three out of five nights a week. Three, three out of five weeknights. There are worse things than having an early bedtime, Steve. You know what? But I can, hey, man, I can push 10.30, 10.45 on the weekends. Back, you know, 15 years ago, we were, or well, not 15, but 25 years ago, we were starting the festivities then. And now, that's a goal to make it 
to 10.30, 10.45 in the weekends without falling asleep on the couch. Listen, Steely, schedules evolve, right? There was mm-hmm. a time in my life where I hardly ever went to bed before 2 a.m. Now, if I'm up after midnight, I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm going to be dead in the morning. I guess it depends on your work schedule, yeah, what that's all about. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it's all fine. It's fine. 10.30, wow, Steely is a party animal. You bet, man. I can, uh, hell, party our asses off. What we do, we get to 10.30, 10.45. All right, 405-651-3439. Uh, David Stone, I see nothing but Instagram posts. And uh, this thing is going to be a pain in the you-know-what for a while. Right? Yes. I mean, this is going down to uh do you think it goes down maybe all the way to signing day no i do not i think it's done long before then do you really yes hmm. yes and in fact talking to a couple sources yesterday at the rivals camp they made it sound like hey david stone's actually closer to committing than people understand so again you're still dealing with a five-star defensive lineman and nothing he says or professes can be taken completely at face value at this point but there seems to be a belief that David Stone is closer to making his decision than many give him credit for at this time. There you go. From the 214, what's up with Nigel Smith? Is he playing OU? This tweet is from his Melissa teammate. Let's what see what tweet? Let's see oh, boy, here we go. Here, here we go. go. Here we go. Okay, so th- let me try to give a description of what we're looking at here. The tweet is captioned, OU in there like, and it's a clown with a machine gun alongside several soldiers in camouflage also holding machine guns. And Hmm. Nigel Smith responded with three crying emojis. I'm not sure how I, like, did I communicate that effectively over the radio? Yes. They they look like, yeah. uh, Basically, he's got a teammate that's calling OU clowns. Mm Mm-hmm. And Nigel Smith interacted with the tweet. There you go. Eight kids, eight days, and what did uh, what did Bill Belichick call it? Insta face at one point. Yes, Insta face. Yeah. Bill Belichick. Snap face. Snap. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so good. All right, uh, we got Jesse Crittenden coming up. Thank you, Coach T. You're right. Yes, you are right. You have a great wife. That helps. I have a great wife. Absolutely. 405-651-3439. Jesse Critton will break down the Bedham softball weekend. We will also talk Sooner football. All of that coming up next right here on the home of Sooner fans, the ref. Keep it here. All right, we're back. T-Row's here. Really? Yeah, he's right out there. How about that? What's he doing? He's he's just out there chilling. I don't know. I think he's got a spot or something he's doing. Those guys are so good in the morning. Good stuff. I was even uh, enthralled in the conversation of the new sand that he has to fill up uh, the cracks in his patio the other day. T-Row and TJ made it super entertaining. Home improvement ideas on the T-Row in the Morning Show. Really good. Really good stuff. The consummate morning radio Mm -hmm. duo. Yep, they are. We have Jesse ready to go. I was worried because I didn't remind him today. He's good. Uh Uh-oh. I better get him on the phone line. Uh Uh-oh. I need to remind you, too. 
Give me a second. All right. I'll see if we can. I'll see if we can connect with Jesse. All right, Jesse is coming up. See Parker. He's a multitasker. He's got many things going on. He's trying to see which recruits tweeting this or that. He's he's got a lot of stuff happening. He's a multitasker. So we'll get Jesse on here in just a minute. All right. Uh, once again, Sooner softball sweep over the weekend over the Cowgirls. Oklahoma State's good, but the Sooners found a way again, particularly in that Saturday game. Uh, what do we have happening in the NBA? How about James Harden in this Sixers-Celtics series? Man, he has been hot and cold. He was super hot yesterday. Big three to win it, basically, for the uh, Sixers. So that series going back to Boston now at two games apiece. And the Suns, even their series with the Nuggets with a five-point win. Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, 36 each. Game five is in Denver tomorrow night. Steely, uh, I have good news that is not related to the NBA. Yes, Jesse Crittenden is on the phone line. Yes. By the way, Knicks at Miami tonight. First game, Miami leads 2-1, to 6.30 TNT. Late game, Golden State at the Lakers. Lake Show leads 2-1. to one. That is a 9 o'clock tip on TNT. Jesse, you're there. How we doing? What's happening? Oh, just, uh, just getting ready for uh, postseason softball to start this weekend. I think this is kind of the time of, uh, of the season everybody's looking for. Where do you put Saturday's comeback victory on the list of impressive wins by Oklahoma this year? I think it's their best uh, victory of the season, and I, I kind of alluded to that in something I wrote for OU Insider over the weekend. But I, I really do think that, you know, it can be hard to pick, uh, you know, in a season where OU wins 49 to 50 games. But I really think that was their, their best win, and, and, and I think part of that really was because they didn't play very well uh, especially offensively for, for much of that game. I mean, three hits and, and no runs through the first six innings. But I think the thing that was most impressive is, you know, even though it was a game where, you know, their offense wasn't working, which normally doesn't happen, their their defense and their pitching kept them in that game. Then the offense gets going in the seventh inning, which I think, it, you know, a lot of people were probably expecting that to happen because that's, you know, the, the kind of work OU softball does. But they finally get the offense going in the seventh in the seventh inning to take that lead. They just need to hold OSU off on the bottom of the frame. And it's Kirsten Deal, the freshman on the mound, that retires all three batters in the bottom of the frame. So I think from start to finish, the fact that it's, you know, it's against a tough Oklahoma State team on the road, offense is really struggling. They find a way late. It's a freshman that puts them away on the mound. I think it'd be hard to, to find a better victory for them this year. Jesse, the Sooners have seven more wins to establish a new NCAA record for consecutive victories at 48. Got to lay it all on the table. Do you think it happens? I, 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 think, I think it does. I do. Now, it's, it's not a given. I mean, look at last year where, I mean, at this time of the year in the Big 12 tournament OU fell to Oklahoma State uh in the championship game of the tournament um so it's not it's not a done deal obviously OU also dropped a game in the World Series last year and and Patty Gassel will tell you before anybody else that it's that it you know they make winning look easy but it's not easy it's it's hard and this is this is the time of year where things start to heat up but I really do think this is one of the most impressive regular seasons OU has ever had. I think this team is already kind of in postseason mode. I mean, even look at this past weekend where they had already clinched the Big 12 regular season title. They already clinched the number one seed in the tournament this coming weekend and and still found a way to get three wins. So I I think this OU team is is built just a little bit differently this year, and I do think they get get the seven wins they need. I do. 
Jesse Crittenden, our guest, Parker's uh, colleague at OU Insider, Rivals Network, joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. All right, I, I know that we all respect Eric Bailey. I thought his piece in the Tulsa World was amazing uh, yesterday. I'm sure you probably read that, Jesse. But it's something, you know, we've kind of heard from Patty before when uh, people really do an in-depth story on her that she does feel some pressure, and that pressure is not wanting to let the OU fan base down. Because your expectations are so high, like I said, they're basically national championship or bust now. They're at that level. So um, what do you think about, you know, Patty's mentality and where she is right now? Clearly she's going to coach for a while longer, wants to get to Love's Field. But do you see in some of these quotes that, I don't know if wearing on Patty, I think she still enjoys her job a lot. But like you said, people start to think this is just how it is. And there's a lot of work that goes into this winning like this yeah no i think it's one of those things i mean i think ou softball in some ways is the most well-run uh machine in any sport really in the country but i think the thing that gets lost is like you said it's how much work that goes into that and the fact that it even runs almost like clockwork now is is the product of years and decades of Filling a culture and going through some some ups and some downs and and you know finding you know the, the you know players that fit your program a staff that fits your program also building a sport that really wasn't that popular when Patty Gasso took over in the mid nineties college softball has grown leaps and bounds now compared to where it was then and yeah I think Patty Gasso it was the I mean. At media day before the season began, she told the media they are going to lose some games. And now, obviously, they don't lose a ton. But I think she said that because I think it's, I think in some ways, they're the, I mean, it's hard not to have expectations when you watch this team that they're going to win every game. They've earned those expectations. But I do think it's tough. And she has talked about, and she mentioned it in Eric's piece, and she's mentioned it. Uh, you know, in media sessions, too, that I think the expectation is that they're going to be perfect every game, and they can't be perfect every game. So I think it's one of those things, it's almost a double-edged sword. They've, they've earned all the accolades they've gotten. They earn all the praise. They've earned all the expectations. But there is, uh, you know, I think it is, it wears on you a little bit, which I think makes it even more impressive that they've been this good for this long. But I do think um, – that is one thing to, to throw heap, you know, praise on them for is how well they've been able to handle the expectations which, which continue uh, to raise every year. And I think Patty Gasso is, is formally at the head of that. On to Sooner football, Jesse. What do you make of the addition of Appalachian State transfer offensive lineman Troy Everett on Friday for the Sooners? Yeah, I, I think Troy Everett's a really good get uh, for Bill Biedenboe in this, in this football team. I mean, I think – uh, he's a guy that not only you know brings experience, which is something that I, I think this offensive line is needed. And, and Parker, we've talked about this before, but it's it's not that there's a lot of, of question marks on this offensive line, you know, going into the off season and fall camp. But I do think some depth um, has been something that they really needed. I mean, we even saw it uh, in spring practices and by the you know spring game, this offensive line was dealing with some injuries. Now, none of, none of those injuries are expected to keep anybody out, you know, outside of maybe Jacob Sexton for a long period of time. But I do think you saw, I mean, you really can't ever uh, turn your back on offensive line depth. And I think, I think Troy Everett is a guy that um, is hungry to be at Oklahoma. 
Uh, I think he, he, he really wanted to be here. I think Bill Beatonbow and, and company sold him uh, on the vision for the program. I think he's excited um, to be at Oklahoma. And I do think, if nothing else, uh, you know, at a bare minimum, he's an experienced guy that's seen the field and I think provides some experience and provides some depth for an offensive line group that, that, uh, that could certainly use it. Jesse, we appreciate your time every Monday. We'll talk to you again next week. Appreciate you guys having me on. Jesse Crittenden joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Ladies and gentlemen, 405-329-9000. we got some more texts to get to, 405-651-3439. That is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line for a look at their inventory. It's very simple. Knippelmeyer.com. All right, break time right here. Mike Steely, Parker Thune. We are going to get locked in at the top of the hour, 2 o'clock. One of my favorite Nirvana tunes right here. Of course, they were all pretty good in my book. Stay with us. All right, we're going to get locked in here in a little over 10 minutes with uh, Parker and Tyler McComas. Always a great hour of radio. And uh, we've got a few more minutes to get to as many texts as we can. 405-651-3439. Absolutely, Coach T. I definitely remember your umpiring days. No doubt, my man. I certainly remember that. By the way, you know what's coming to uh, Tulsa this week, ladies and gentlemen? Live Golf at Cedar Ridge starting on Friday. Red Hot Taylor Gooch. Has won a couple tournaments in a row. Former Oklahoma State star Carl Alberts uh, High School will be among the players there, obviously at Cedar Ridge and Broken Arrow. And how about Wyndham Clark, former Oklahoma State Cowboy, finished his career at Oregon, but uh, had uh, like three years, I think, at Oklahoma State before he went out to Eugene, won the Wells Fargo at Quail Hollow uh, yesterday, and it was his first PGA Tour victory. Ricky Fowler, did you see the video over the weekend of Ricky Fowler dealing with that snake? Yeah, and somebody from some Oklahoma State fan yep, account. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jordan Spieth, or what? No, Ricky Fowler. R- Ricky Fowler helping out Trace Ford. Yes. Trace Ford's <laughs> response was immaculate. Oh, so good. By the way, uh, one of my original sports heroes passed away over the weekend. I was a. Uh, Big fan of the Oakland teams growing up because I like their uniforms. When I was just a little kid, I thought the Raiders, I still think the Raiders' uniforms are the best in the NFL. But I love the A's because I thought they were super cool, man. They had Reggie, they had Vita Blue, they had John Blue Moon Odom, they had just a cool team. And I love their unis. And my favorite pitcher, my first ever favorite pitcher, I've told you my favorite player initially growing up was Rod Carew of the Minnesota Twins. My favorite pitcher was Vita Blue. I mean, you can't find a much cooler name than Vita Blue. And I thought he was awesome. He was the 71 AL MVP, won the Cy Young in 1971. Uh, Was with the A's in the late 60s, I want to say 69 through 76, around maybe 77. Uh, Went to the Giants for a while, then went to Kansas City, then went back to the Giants. Uh, Passed away at the age of 73 over the weekend, complications from cancer. But I thought... Vita Blue was one of the coolest dudes ever, and that name was super cool. So it's uh, – and 73, man, it's, that's early. You ready to watch the text line get fired up? Yes. This text came from a listener in the 405. So OU gets App State players whilst USC is getting Alabama and Georgia players. Safe to say we know who won this breakup. 
Well, uh, SC did get the Traquan Fagans, right, the cornerback from Bama, and obviously they got Bear Alexander. So we'll see. Mule Shoe is a uh, shortcuts kind of guy. He likes shortcuts. Likes the easy way. You know, it's, it's a hard way in Oklahoma. I was talking to a source yesterday that has several players out at USC right now, and he said, look, it's going to be the same song umpteenth verse for Mule Shoe this year at USC because they're not going to have a good offensive line. They're going to have elite skill position players. They're going to have a team that would dust anybody in the country in seven-on-seven, but they won't be able to win, at least not on the level that they want to and expect to, because they're not going to be able to win up front. Yeah. Um, We'll see. Do you think the defense will get better? Can't be – you know, what they did last year was they got – they led the country in turnover margin. I was so mad because I wanted, you know, SC to lose every single game, so I would watch some of their games and, like, I remember the first game they played, Rice was driving the ball up and down the field and kept turning the ball over inside like the 10-yard line. SC got their ass handed to them by Tulane. Speed D looked good. Has anybody ever handed you an ass before? (laughs) Fortunately, not my own. Good. That's good. From the 949, yes, you nailed it. Vita Blue had his first name Vita on the back of his jersey well before Ichiro. That's right. The A's, man, they were cool. You know, I think back in the day, you were either a – well, the the Yankees were still always good, but you either a a, – on the side of the Big Red Machine or the Athletics is what I felt like back in the day. And the Big Red Machine had Johnny Bench, Binger's very own. But I still like the A's. I I always went for the cool teams – with the coolest uniforms. So, there you go. All right. Dean Choctaw says, Muleshoe's going to have a tough time winning championships with a bunch of me-first players. That, I would say, is... It's about culture. And see, mm-hmm. this is this is one thing that I don't know gets talked about enough when you're having the conversation about Muleshoe and USC and how high they could fly in 2023. Obviously, we talked plenty about the reality that Muleshoe always has elite offensive skill position players, but a shoddy defense or a shoddy offensive line and a less than stellar defense. What we probably don't bring up enough in that conversation is that Muleshoe traditionally has not been great. He has not excelled at establishing culture, setting expectations, drawing lines in the sand, and holding players accountable. At some point, that's going to catch up to you. He is more from the wimp generation, you know. There are more wimps in his generation than there are in Brent's generation. Brent, who grew up tough, man. Brent's a tough guy, passionate guy, really good dude. But also, man, you lived through that home situation and him protecting his mom the way he did. Muleshoe came from the wimp generation. And he came from freaking Muleshoe, of course, too. Somebody from the 918 said, how tall is Mule Shoe? 6'1"? I didn't know they stacked feces that high. (laughs) Guy says, hate watching is not good for the soul, Mike. You're right. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. I felt that a few times last year. I was definitely hate watching some SC games. You know, I even 
got the lovely Shay, my sweet wife, who really is very kind, but I think Shay was hate-watching SC with me. So, Steely, didn't your generation fight in the Revolutionary War? I carried a musket myself. Yes, absolutely I did. Of course, they wouldn't let me carry a musket because it backfired on me and nearly killed me. So, yes, pretty much. You're right. All right, we got to get out of here. I want to thank our friends, of course, at Knippelmeyer Chevrolet. They're lighting up that text line. Thanks to Riverwind Casino, Justin, the crew over there. New shows coming to the Showplace Theater in addition to the ones that we've talked about already. Earth, Wind, and Fire will start it off in June. They added Foreigner, Rodney Carrington, recently. So make sure, and Aaron Lewis to get over to the box office or get online at riverwind.com get your tickets get out and play with your wild card today for the 15k momentous occasions giveaway have a great monday